0: friends welcome back to the journal feed my name is nick zelt and this is the only place to get spoonfed the latest and the greatest of emergency medicine we want to keep you guys up on the literature keeping you guys smart Now, if you are hearing this right now, then you are not currently a Journal Feed subscriber. What's up, guys? And so you're not receiving the full Journal Feed podcast. There's more of this. You're only receiving a portion of the past week's articles. Don't worry, they're all good articles. But if you would like to get full access to both the podcast and the blog, of course, then you'll have to become a member. All the details for that are at journalfeed.org, where if money is a barrier for you, we don't want it to be. So just reach out and we'll help you out. Now, this is the audio version of the past week's summaries, which were brought to you by Seth Walsh Blackmore, Laura Murphy, Sam Parnell, Doug Wallace, and of course, Clay Smith. So let's get right into the first article titled, Treatment of Acute Uncomplicated Appendicitis out of the New England Journal of Medicine. Now, we haven't actually talked that much about appendicitis in a little while. We've speculated on what the right thing to do would be after covering some articles about medical management of appendicitis. So let's get the opinion of this article on that whole situation. Appendicitis is, of course, very common. We see it all the time. Back in the day, it was acceptable to arrive in surgery, have your appendix removed, and have 20% of those appendices being completely normal. These days, of course, with easy access to CT scanning and ultrasound and MRI for children, that's just not acceptable anymore. Since we're getting so much better at diagnosing, we're also finding these earlier. And more of them aren't perforated, no abscesses or other concerning findings, so they're not complicated yet now so far we actually have three solid trials that suggest that uncomplicated appendicitis treated with antibiotics may have similar clinical improvement and even short-term quality of life outcomes as getting an urgent appendectomy these must be stable patients not pregnant not immunocompromised and without a history of inflammatory bowel disease Thus, if you have one of these uncomplicated patients, they can be given antibiotics for at least 24 hours, targeting gram-negatives and anaerobes. Start with IV and then switch over to oral if they're responding well. Patients managed medically are still pretty likely to actually have to come back, unfortunately, requiring hospitalization and 25-40% to of them getting that appendectomy that they missed on the first time around within, say, a year or so. Despite many still needing an operation... Overall, the medically managed patients experience less days unable to work or participate in normal activities. Notably, medical management has not been shown to increase the rates of complications or death. So these authors conclude that non-operative management is a reasonable and safe option for discussion in shared decision making. There are caveats to this, of course. Only one trial actually included patients with appendicolists, which showed them to be at higher risk of treatment failure and complications. Also, older adults might not respond as well to medical treatment. And I don't even mean like actually old adults, just people over 45 years old. That's not so old. From our perspective in the emergency department, I feel like not a lot actually changes. You should be giving these patients antibiotics immediately whether or not they're going to surgery. It's just now that the surgeons have more to discuss. Personally, I'm not even sure which route I would pick. If it's a very inconvenient time for me, let's say I'm getting married next week or something like that, then yes, of course, I would take the antibiotic route. Otherwise, though, I have pretty high odds of still needing that appendix out. Might just get it over with and off my mind. Though, an over 50% chance of not needing a surgery at all, that sounds like a pretty good deal. We don't really have long-term outcomes here, though. In a spoonful, medical management of uncomplicated appendicitis is worth considering. And then we've skipped to the fifth article, titled Efficacy of Cola Ingestion for Esophageal Food Bolus Impaction and Open Label Multi-Center Randomized Control Trial under the BMJ. Now, these authors, they are asking the big question, what's cooler than treating a food bolus with some soda? And if you ask me, that's a pretty frickin' American treatment, too. Food boluses are a pretty common problem, particularly around the holidays, which now have passed, but they will come again. Now, drinking some Coca-Cola from the vending machine seems a lot easier than waiting for endoscopy. And I think that Coca-Cola, well, it probably has less side effects than giving glucagon or nitrates as well. The study was actually a Dutch study, not an American study at all, despite my joke, and it was an RCT that enrolled 51 emergency department patients. 28 of them drank up to 200 milliliters of Coca-Cola, 25 mL at a time, and the control group simply waited for a spontaneous passage. Meat was the most common culprit in this study. Partial improvement, defined as being able to swallow your own saliva, was noted in 61% of both groups. Complete relief occurred in 43% of the Coca-Cola group and 35% of the control group. Unfortunately, this 8% absolute difference which favored Coca-Cola was not statistically significant. But, I'll tell you, there were not any adverse events either. And only 21% of the Coca-Cola patients complained of temporary discomfort after drinking the Coke. I think that's pretty good. I don't think this trial kills this practice, necessarily. It might actually kind of work and we were underpowered, it's hard to say. A large trial would be better and might even say which foods this would work best on. I imagine some carbonated beverage, it's not going to do terribly much to a meat food bolus, but maybe some bread or something like that, it might act a little bit better. In a spoonful, this trial didn't really support Coca-Cola use to clear esophageal food boluses, but it's not obviously useless or worse either. Just saying. All right, guys, let's do our wrap up. What did we learn today? From the first article, don't just go for the knife. Expert opinion supports the option of non-operative appendicitis treatment. And then from the fifth article, don't run to the vending machine just yet to get a Coke to treat esophageal food impactions. But if you walked over and, you know, considered it, it also wouldn't be crazy. Again, if you're hearing this right now, then you are not a part of the members feed. And so you missed three articles from this past week. One of them talked about what even is the right O2 target for pediatric ICU patients who are intubated. Another one looked at COVID in febrile neonates. Are they still at risk of bad outcomes? And then how's the heart score doing now that we've mostly updated to high sensitivity troponins? Links to all the article summarized can be found at journalfeed.org where the newsletter is the best way to make the podcast into a bite-sized nugget of space repetition. Our goal here is for you to read less, learn more, and then go out there and save lives. One spoonful at a time. Thank you.